Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coggill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing cake temptation. Nick, been tempted lately? Um, Professor Susan Jeb. <laughs> that well-known temptress. No, no, she's not. She's an extremely uh, professional person. And she's um, the chairwoman of the Food Standards Agency, which okay. is an agency that, I guess, sets standards for food. Is that in the US? No, or UK. UK, okay. Um, she made the completely reasonable observation that um, if she said, I'm quoting her, uh, if nobody brought cakes into the office, I would not eat cakes in the day. But because people do bring cakes in, I eat them. Yeah. Now, OK, I've made a choice, but people were making a choice to go into a smoky pub. Uh, this is presented in a much more uh, sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Erudite? No, formal, in academic. And kind oh, of, OK. Um, his sensational. sensational. It's presented in a much more sensational way as the headline where she's saying bringing cake into the office is as harmful as passive smoking. I don't think she's saying that. No. What, but what she's what she's saying. Where was that presented? What you mean in the Sun or something? Or um, Sky, yes, Sky News. Sky News. Oh, okay, so yeah. I, I think what she's saying is um, it, in the comparison is that we recognise that if we want to stop people smoking. We have to create an environment where yeah. it's harder to do yeah. that, yeah. right? So when we got rid of smoking in pubs, fewer people smoked. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, we know that. So I think she's just saying we've got to think about other contexts in which that might be true, including, for example, bringing cakes into the office. Now, uh, just say it's not why they abolish smoking in pubs, though, but keep going. Well, right. So the headline is saying she's comparing it to passive smoking. I don't think that's quite what she's getting at. So nobody, if, yeah, a cake, exactly. if you're eating a cake, it doesn't make me fat, right? That's the issue with passive smoking, that people aren't choosing in some sense. But it's not about this thing about removing... Um, so one of the secondary effects of banning smoking in pubs yeah. was actually people smoked less. Now, I don't think that was the aim. The aim was to make that a healthy environment for everyone. Uh, right. OK. So so what I'm saying is that you've got a, the analogy is doing a slightly different job. She isn't saying bringing a cake into the office is like passive smoking. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to some extent, it might be. We'll get on to that. But I think all she's saying is that... Um, you know, bringing a cake to the office has an effect that pe people are going to eat yeah. cake when they mm -hmm. wouldn't have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that therefore you have in some sense a responsibility to think about that. Um, I think there's a lot of outrage about it because mm. it's, you know, oh, they're, now they're trying to ban cakes in the office. Yeah, now state. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's what this is about. But we already, Peter responded with outrage uh, when he suggested yeah. this topic. And I, I, I'm not and sure. Although logically, it would reduce obesity if you well, banned cakes so in office. The question we want to look into is, Probably. is it your responsibility yeah. to remove well, temptation from others? 
Because, you know, the fact is, people like cake. Yeah. I think where the analogy is slightly breaks. You know, you're giving people nice cakes, which yeah. they wouldn't otherwise have had. So I mean, it's not famously, like there's precedent here. We've got, um, it's in not in the statutes, but like, there was the, the, those people, um, what were they called? Oh, yeah, Adam and Eve. And, um, you know, um, I think it was Eve that got tempted. And uh, who was it who tempted? It was the devil, wasn't it? Um, right. So and we a, know where a, he a sits on this. famously bad guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And he's into the whole, I mean, so, yeah, was it Eve's fault? Right. And right. Is now, it so 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 I think, well, Peter, we, we'll, we might go to Peter to get his instant reaction. But there's a lot to unpick, actually, in this yeah. one simple question. Yeah. Um, Peter, cakes, good or bad? Well, where, I think where the analogy slightly breaks down is that with with cake, you still have that choice, don't you? You still have the choice not to eat it. Whereas with passive smoking, you don't have that you choice. You have the choice not to go into a pub. Well, you have that choice. But assuming that you, 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 you have to go into the pub. Why? Well, because it's the only place to go, for example, in lots of places in the UK. It's the only thing. The only, it's the main focus of social activity. No, but I think she's making a different point, I, which I is so. that, yes, of <laughs> course, we've all got personal responsibility. However, the imposition of some, ex, the external imposition of, of, of a new rule um, will have an effect, okay? And in both of these cases, albeit for different reasons, it has a, a positive outcome for the person that, albeit they've got agency, it's still helping that person somehow. I know that's really vague, but I think that's kind of logically sort of as far as you yeah. can take it in a way. She's saying, hey, this external imposition actually is it's quite a good thing. Yeah. So was it the case that pub owners actually before the law came in did they have a moral responsibility to remove the ability of people to smoke i.e. to remove the temptation do, should we not let them sell cigarettes that sort of thing and but the point is do you are you morally culpable of someone else eating a cake and becoming obese by bringing cakes into the office yeah. discuss yeah and in fact we need to sort of slightly move away from her and even just that question itself. Let's focus stick on that. With the cakes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, stick with the cakes is fine. Yeah. But we need. Yeah. I don't, we, let's not what's, get hung yeah, up on what she said. What's the deontologist's position on this? Is cake bringing cake into the office? What's a deontologist? Thing? Someone who says so deontology is a, a, a form of metaethics. What's It's a school of ethics that says that actions are inherently have an inherent properties which make them good or bad. Yeah, kind of duties and okay. virtues yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, so whereas the, and it's often contrasted to consequentialism okay. which says that your How do you know about no this action, stuff? No anyway, sorry, is, yeah. There's no no, no well-educated well-rounded individual. Yeah. yeah, an action has no inherent goodness or badness about it. It's what happens as a result of that. I thought you were an engineer. Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm a conceptual engineer. So. <laughs> What's a conceptual engineer? He's a anyway. cognitive engineer. <laughs> yeah. um, um, so, so, um, the, so, yeah, so, so, uh, so, consequentialism very different to deontology. Consequentialism, well, say, well, uh, it, the cake, bringing the cake into the office itself is there's nothing inherently good or bad about that action. Look, it's the uh, consequence as a result, and that 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 gets messy and complicated very quickly because uh, it doesn't give you an answer there. So we're talking messy and complicated. I want to answer this in my way, um, which is I don't understand all this stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. But 
Um, do I think there should be a law or even a, 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 a regulation in a given a company or, or a building that people are not allowed to bring in cakes? No, I don't think that. Right. Um, however, do I think it might not be a bad idea, and so therefore might be a good idea, if we have an informal arrangement where, do you know what, guys, we've been eating a lot of cakes recently. I've been on, putting on a few kilos. Shall we just agree informally amongst ourselves to not bring in cakes? Yeah. So, and so, I think that's a good. I would. I would. Yeah. I would sign up to that. Yeah. Can I just? But also, just to touch on what you've just said there, which I think is something that people. Uh, it, the, the why you get a lot of shouting in this kind of debate mm. is that people think saying this is wrong is the same as saying this should be banned. Mm. Now that it's not the case. Like, should you read to your kids? Yes. Mm, yes. Should, is, should, should it be, it be the be law? Yeah. No. Yes. There's loads of things we think are kind of good or bad or which you ought to do or not to do, which aren't in the law. We're not talking about that. We're not saying should it be illegal to bring a cake into the office. Mm. Very difficult to enforce. Yeah. I like your solution, though, of having just the, your local yeah. culture decide what they want to do about um, this. And, you know, if it, if it means that you want to slap health warnings on boxes full of cakes or put them in a keep them in the kitchen area away from the working area or some, some sort of yeah, local Yeah, out of control. sight, out of mind. And, and actually, I was once in a workplace where we did something similar, which was birthday cards because we were a department of about 20, 25 people and it was getting absurd. I mean, it was just everyone out again, there's a, a card goes round and you go, oh, I have a good one. And that was, that was kind of it. And we all agreed together, look, this is idiotic. No one gives a toss about receiving these cards and it's just a pain um, writing mm. them out. But Nick, help me out. Where are we? Well, this is about temptation. Mm. Right. So let's just talk about that for a bit mm. um, and how that works. Uh, there's I found an essay from 1906 called The Psychology of Temptation by John Adams. Mm. Different John Adams, not the okay. American president guy. Mm. Um, we uh, he said we're tempted to do only what we can do. I thought that was really interesting. That's much more interesting than it sounds. We're tempted to do only. Yeah. OK, nice. That gnawing. I really want a cake. Right which it only exists if there's a cake there. It, you, I might think, oh, I really, you know, I really want to, uh, I don't know, to have a billion pounds or something. Mm. But it doesn't, I don't feel tempted to Ooh, do it. Oh, I fancy it. a bit of a billion. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. get that feeling of like, uh, of like intrusion about, you know, go yeah. on, have the cake, right? Yeah. So there's that observation, which is more profound than it looks, as I said, I think, which is that, which is that by giving someone an option to do something, you are imposing in a sense the the possibility of temptation at all also yeah. different people have different uh, vulnerabilities here um, right. and actually something you mentioned there just uh, this happened to me recently um to my distress um i've been super healthy over the last year doing lots of exercise etc cetera, etc cetera. um i don't know how or why it quite happened but in the weeks up before before christmas i started smoking again okay yeah well, i noticed that yeah yeah when how when did we see each other and I was smoking? Well, uh, last time we were recording podcasts, November, I think. I wasn't smoking then. You're and always we... you're always smoking, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you must have been rubbing me too hard, um, Peter. Um, but um, but yeah, and, and so I don't like it. And I had to come clean almost immediately with my wife because she hates it. And I just wanted to get it out there, right? And say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. But I need to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm on board with this. And I went away to one country. And I thought for that country, I'm just going to carry on. It's fine. But that will be the line when I come back from that country. But sort of to my surprise, I went to another country last week. I was in Paris for the weekend. And even though I'd sort of stopped for two weeks, and it was fine. The moment I landed in Paris, I started going, ooh, 
I, do you know what? My wife's like, I could start smoking. I could start smoking now. And it's yeah. kind of what you're talking about is that I, the, the opportunity was present, yeah. essentially. So anyway. Yeah, so, so it's already, it's, it becomes a thing. It's yeah. there, it's present. So, but I, I want to I wanna say that this issue, this problem of temptation is uh, almost the, the universal problem of human nature. Ah. It really underpins almost every bad thing that people do just that an opportunity is present um no not not oh. the just the problem of temptation oh right okay so which you can tell kind of because of what a big deal it is for religions yeah. religions are obsessed with temptation and they, they all preach restraint don't they you've got yeah. from the stoics to the you know the buddhists and the judeo-christian tradition is yeah. all about you know be, avoiding temptation i mean if, to personify temptation as the devil tells you what you need to know about but, about the fact that tempt, this idea that temptation is bad has always been with us. So also there's that moral angle, but maybe they're right, right? right, right because we'll, eating loads of cake is probably a poor outcome right, for so, you. So what are the problems that you could pin on, you know, temptation and willpower failure? Uh, so we've got we've covered obesity, but yeah. any kind of addiction. Yeah, lung cancer. Addictions whatever, have harms. You know, yeah, yeah. A um, lot of, you know, like... Debt and gambling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even procrastination and not getting stuff done. And yeah, relationship problems, marital discord, affairs. Um, it's all this bloody temptation, thing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, procrastination certainly in every, everyday life is probably how it's felt most keenly, you know, is that sort of productivity problem of, of you know, there's a thing you've got to do and so you do loads of pointless things instead. Mm. Um, so so it's a really significant issue and and... And I think the one that we, we all struggle with. I mean, in terms of what it is, um, I, I, as my best explanation for how to think about what, what it is is a conflict between your present self and your future self. They actually want different things. And this ties right in with another podcast we did, Pleasure and Happiness, mm. right? Two different things, two different people within oneself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I think, and the problem is that future, there's a lot more future selves that you're going to be um, but there's only one present self, yeah. and the trouble is that is that bastard who's making <laughs> the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's like your monkey brain, which tells you that this cake is going to be better than any amount of future skinniness, and it doesn't really matter. Or that one cigarette and mm. that feeling of freedom you get mm. is going to be way better that than crisp, any health. Smooth, sort of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the lovely crackle of the first puff of, uh, of a new uh, cigarette. Yeah. Um, you know that that's the guy who's making the decisions, and I and I think that's the heart of all of the problems that, yeah. that we've we've looked at here. Yeah, I think you've got it. You've nailed it. Um, um, what yeah. do we do about it? Or well, what, what was the initial question we were mm. asking? Oh, yeah, should we ban cakes? Yeah. yeah, is it wrong to, to tempt people? Okay, so nice. As you say, this is a universal thing. Um, and we need to be helped from ourselves, Peter, don't we? It's we good do. that people can help us in this. Yeah, well, Chris, uh, Nick, Nick already mentioned uh, Stoicism. And the, the, in the teachings of was it Aristotle? Stoic? Was he Stoic? I, I think of uh, Diogenes as the Diogenes. Stoic guy, okay. as the king um, Stoic bloke. Anyway, the the their their teachings are the basis for a lot of cognitive therapies like uh, CBT, mm. cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and mindfulness. Mm. Um, and I take it to the extreme. It's obviously an extreme kind of philosophy, but there there in there are cognitive behaviors which if practiced, can help with a lot of these things. For example, it, uh, for example, mindfulness is about being kind of uh, in tune and uh, aware of the moment and yeah. not sort of be, not having a kind of 
future worrying, future thinking, abstract view of the moment. Yeah, and You're not being on autopilot. And, and not being on yeah. autopilot. So it's like being, you know, being in tune with stuff. So, you know, planting your feet and touching the table and things are all kind of mindfulness things mm, to do mm, to get mm, you back mm, into mm. the moment. And that, in that moment, that what that lets you do is abstract yourself, your 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 sort of id or whatever it is that's doing the being you from the situation. You can take a step back and say. My feelings about this situation are not the same thing as the situation. Mm -hmm. So my, my that clawing desire to chuck into that chocolate cake is not the same thing as me sitting here looking at that chocolate cake. I can then then start treating that as a separate thing. I can park it or delay it or ignore it. But it, it. sounds like the, what what you're describing as being in the moment is almost like actually stepping back out of the moment. Yeah, no, it's slightly distancing a yourself. Longer yeah. term view. Or, you know, well, it's, 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 it's being in the moment physically, instead of having a more awareness of the physicality of the moment and not the emotional part of the moment. The emotional part of the moment is only part of the moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, ju I just mentioned a bit of evidence about willpower and temptability. Because also, I think it does tie, tie in with some people uh, are like Peter and can look at a cake and be fine. Um, Iron Coghill. Yeah. yeah. Some people are more like me. Yeah. And like, oh, the cake's gone. Yeah. So I think there's a fairness element to it. Um, but just in terms of the, the evidence on willpower is, as far as I can tell, well, it's, it's a lot of the kind of famous willpower studies haven't replicated, but there's a few that are really strong. And in fact, they tie they tie uh, they tie very much in my mind into my sort of everyday experience. But that um, your executive processes do get tired. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is sometimes called ego depletion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of people frame it as being a you've got a kind of battery of, of, of willpower that can recharge. But if you've used too much willpower recently, then you just don't have any left. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. As I said, that like some of those experiments haven't replicated very well. But the, it feels so right to me that I'm, I, I'm not yeah. willing to question that. But I think there's particular it, questions about <clears throat> excuse me, there are particular questions about whether uh, you can train it so you can build up that battery bigger by yeah by... i think there's some evidence that you can yeah but also i can imagine depletion of willpower as a thing but also you know your physical and emotional mental state at any given moment yeah i mean for stress um, yeah if i'm stressed with work i can't i'm You're just reaching just for no the cake whereas yeah. yeah in my case it's sort of savory things like sandwiches mm, toast, uh, but, toast sandwiches yeah right? yeah uh, toast sandwiches oh, yeah, and toast uh, sandwich, yeah. Uh, but you know, and and sort of you know, uh, yeah, fat and uh, mm. and and protein are what I what I go for rather than sugar. But mm. um, it's the same thing. Like, and I I can be, uh, you know, a, w a week into a holiday, I can sit there and go, brilliant. I'm I'm you know I'm it's the new me. I'm absolutely going to stick to this diet. I really like salads. I mean, I do genuinely mm. perfectly happy on a diet. Mm. But as soon as but there's just a little bit of a hump to get over where you think I'm not going to eat that packet of crisps um, and that goes mm. as soon as I've had like lots of work stress and no sleep yeah. forget about it it's just you know and I know while I'm doing it I'm sort of going I don't really want to do this yeah. but I've got nothing there's nothing else I can do I'm being forced into a corner of eating these hula hoops by work yeah. and it's so a really really kind of you know existentially unusual situation but I'm guessing that's just a more self-aware version of what I would be doing if I wasn't thinking yeah. like that. I'd just mm. be eating the crisps. But and so as it is, I'm watching myself doing it and going, why yeah. the hell am I doing so, that? So, so in yeah. short, the, 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 the insight, the stoicism is not the answer. Mm. It, it could provide you insight, but you're still going to 
the the your 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 uh brain is still going to yeah. demand mm. that you eat. And also knowing okay. the path and walking the path are two different things. Yeah. Um very wise. Yeah. But, uh, but also it just makes me think of, you know, Nick Hare sitting in uh, MOD office circa 2015 or yeah. yeah. Uh versus Nick Hare sitting in the humming Aleph office um yeah. 2023 is back then he's stuffing his face with cake. Um, but now he's not because there's no cake in the office because of the rule, the, the informal rule, no cake. And thank goodness that that informal rule is there because of the reasons that we've set out. Yeah, although there is cake. Well, anyway. But, <laughs> but, you, you know, but the there's thing always is, cake in Alan. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, um, sorry, the other, key, the other key thing to mention is about sort of the extent to which willpower is. So that's on a tactical level. There does it, it behaves as though there's a kind of bank of willpower that you can yeah. use up. Um but that uh, the extent to which it's uh, driven by your sort of genetics and personal personality yeah. makeup. So the marshmallow tests mm. are the most famous ones, mm. where they where they you know, get, took kids, mm. little kids, and said, um, "Here's a marshmallow. Uh, you can eat it now, but if you mm. don't, uh, when I come back, you can have an, you can have two marshmallows." Mm. And um, that turned out to be a really strong predictor of various life success. Yeah. You know, if they could hold off Sadly eating the marshmallow. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, I remember telling my son about this when he was about seven. He said, well, I wouldn't eat the marshmallow. And I said, good boy. And he said, because I don't like marshmallows. I'd ask when, how long until they're coming back. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, that's the thing that sometimes they didn't tell them. I was going to say that if, could be another iteration. If they didn't yeah. tell them, they were much more likely. So if they said it would be five minutes, right, then they, they could wait five minutes. But if they mm. didn't say a lot of them would would break after three or four minutes mm. but if they knew when it was going to end that mm. that did make a difference but mm. um so anyway I, I so i suppose what, so there is evidence that this is some that the amount of willpower you have is what you're born with that does have fairness implications about about rules yeah uh, but we'll we'll talk about that as well so look what, what where are we going with this what have we, i don't think we've said anything particularly i mean i think we we want to work out what a good rule would be Right, because right. your 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 thing that you set out at the beginning still doesn't solve the collective action problem. Is it not? Problem. Yeah, Why because not? what do you do if someone does bring a cake in? Um, we throw the cake in the bin. No, I mean but, it's. But it's, also, um, what if someone wants to, wants to? What is? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Go on. You know, but the thing is, you can't. What if? What if two people want to have a cake and they come in packets of three? Mm, mm, you know, mm, mm, and somebody. I mean, that's that's the problem we've got. But, we'll, but this I is said, like <laughs> um, the the British Constitution. You know, um, it's we've got this rule. The cake this, rule. Yeah, it's is, yeah. Like we kind of all know what it is. And we all trust it. And okay, maybe sometimes we bend it a bit, but we know what the general rule is, and we'll go along with it. Mm. What we don't want is an American constitution where we write it all down, and then two hundred fifty years from now, we've got um, cake tyranny um, or, or anti cake. A new and, type of food, which is it? We don't even know if it's a cake. Is yeah. it a cake or is it a biscuit? Yeah. And the, yeah. the new so, type of food lobbyists are going to yeah. be yeah, yeah, getting reclassified as a non cake. Yeah, yeah. Someone brings in yeah. Jaffa cakes and there's uproar or confusion no um so no that's my feeling is that we all kind of have this and we and 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 the other the general atmosphere of of my office is that um you know it's it's because in other things that are non-cake related we've we've got trust and sort of maturity there and so therefore this approach to the cake rules can thrive and 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 we all get it and I mean, that's I, my view. I, I would like to suggest that the, the libertarian approach would be bring cakes in, bring handguns in if you yeah, want. But then I everyone's don't care. fat. But the point is that you, you when you cakes put, and handguns. But when you mm-hmm. put, when you put the cake on the on the on the 
on the no. table. It has to have a health warning on it. Saying, no, this, no, no, like, no, This no, will no. make you fat. That's not the libertarian approach would be to allow people to do that, but to also to say that, um, you know, you, with the, you can also create your own office, your own company where cakes yeah. are banned. Yeah. And the point is that if people wanted to be in a cake banned place, they'd work for less to be there. But if people wanted mm. to be in a free cake environment, then they could go and work there. I, I'm thinking about, it, I'm thinking about empowering in. people at the point when they're making the decision to make the correct decision by giving them yeah. information about I'm a bit worried, actually, in our respective companies or whatever we do, mm. that um, the people who come and work for us, they're basing their decisions too much on the cake policy rather than other skills and ambitions they might have. But, I mean, I don't know. But your, yours, you know, I mean, because, so what? You've got a warning on there. That clearly doesn't really work. I'm willing to bet that um, smoking in the UK has been reduced um, far more by a ban on it in pubs than on putting yeah. you know, horrible gums yeah. and stuff on cigarette packets. No, you yeah, know. I, I would agree that's probably true. So your system's rubbish. I'm not. Well, I'm not saying it's the best system, but I think no. It's well, the mine's a better system. It aligns with my values. The I, most. I, I, I think. But I think. think Where do you sit on this? Round, well, I think you've got to my face up or, or to pieces. the fact that there is a moral impact on you bringing a cake in and putting it in front front of someone who's on a diet. That yeah. is harmful to them. That's practically murder. It well, it could be with enough cakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the point is, drown it is them in, in it. <laughs> there's no getting around the fact that it's it's potentially harmful, right? So you're you're harming them as much as you're uh, harming someone by driving carelessly. Like you're having a negative potential negative impact on someone um, by an action that you take. I I don't see like there's no other way around that. I suppose because so, I sort of see it differently and I thought, no, I'm more interested in the outcome. But actually, if I needed to justify my outcome, well, there's a good justification right there. So actually, it is, it's, you know, it's it's kind of um, another part of the equation, as it were. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, the, but I've, I've got some suggestions just based on kind of the economic theory of, mm. of time inconsistency. But we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, that's yeah. my second favourite. There's a couple. Yeah. To, 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 I'm gonna, I want to invoke the slippery slope argument for a okay. minute. Yeah, right. Go on. So, so say we ban cakes, and then we start banning biscuits. We ban tea because caffeine's bad for you. We ban. We basically ban everything. Well, no, I didn't speak up because I was a cake eater. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see where so, this is going. So, uh, at, some, they... at some point, we will end up living in a world bereft of any kind of enjoyment or fun in the the. Um, is that a manifesto or is it a... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's Cog Hill's Utopia. <laughs> that's the strategy. Well, a single yeah. constant uh, experience of meh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Which in itself, because of, you know, you've managed expectations, makes yeah. everyone super happy. Yeah. It's a bit like so, Britain, so, really. But, I mean, like, cause you, but you, can, you could make the case that anything you do in the office would be bad for somebody at some point. Like, people laughing in the office. Well, mm. people feel left out yeah, yeah, yeah. if they're not part of the joke. So, mm. no laughing in the office. Oh, I'm not... I'm not saying it's straightforward. Yeah, I'm not so, throwing my weight behind a ban either. So how do we? But how do we? So how do we calculate? There's there's some sort of there's some sort of complex function here going on of like goodness in terms of people having fun in the office and eating cake and laughing and having jokes, mm. and then maximizing people's health, which also has effect on happiness. So some sort of metric of we're trying to maximize. So what's the where do where do we calculate the the maximum. Well, can't we I, just do this on a case by case basis? I think I think there's some other things we mm. we need to unpick really, mm. and, and and it's to do with what kind of policy and who should be making it right. But for, I just wanted to throw in a couple of other things that are pertinent, which shine a bit of a sidelight on temptation and what we think about okay. it. Right. So first is entrapment. 
mm-hmm. which is where you tempt someone to commit a crime mm-hmm. as the police. Yeah. And apparently that's not actually um, a defense in the UK, but apparently it's an abuse, abuse of court processes. Yeah. Uh, so there was a case where an undercover policeman apparently found a vulnerable drug addict and basically pestered them to supply him with drugs until he did. And that's and that was considered that, yeah. one of the key cases from the last sort of 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so so we, we recognize that it's wrong of the police to tempt people to commit crimes. Mm. Right. Um, then advertising. If you look at the things that are banned that you're not allowed to advertise, they're actually quite a lot of them are related to things that people get tempted to do that are bad so you're not allowed to advertise yeah and uh betting systems um prostitution uh obscene material uh pyramid schemes okay um so this is out there already what we're discussing hey is this good or bad well actually it's already out there well in a way like we found i suppose you could say that the the things that people find let's say the biggest mismatch between temptability and harmful consequence which we might call the sort of temptability index. If it's high temptability and high, uh, harm. you know, high high harm, you, yeah. you know, you multiply them together, and if that number yeah, is high, gotcha. it's got a high temptability index. So there could be things that are really harmful, like throwing yourself off, uh, off, you know, the uh, into the traffic or something, which are harmful, but nobody is tempted to do. Yeah. And then there's things that we're kind of tempted to do that probably aren't that harmful. I'm not sure what they are. I wish I, I wish I was tempted to do. <laughs> yeah. That. But, uh, but, but anyway, yeah. So, so, so we can apply yeah. this temptability index to the 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 rules, formal or informal, otherwise, Maybe. you know, of our office, right? Mm. So when we when someone like Peter. Um, pipes up, oh, what about tea? Are we going to ban that as well then? And we go, well, maybe yes, maybe no. Let's run it up the flag of the temptability index. And so, I'd see, yeah. I'd say tea harm. Uh, let's say, let's say low. Yeah. Low, right? It's yeah. true. Caffeine probably mm, has some, some good or bad effects. Stain your teeth, etc. Um, but I'd say temptability also low. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't. Tempting, I never get craving. It's not as I, don't, as a cake. I don't get a craving for oh, a cup I do, of tea. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I do. Definitely. But no, no. But anyway, I think it works on that scale. Like yeah. you know, and then as an office, we all have an understanding that actually, do you know what? It falls below the you know the demands of our temptability index. It's it's it's, it's a number three, not a six. So we're fine. So yeah, yeah go well, ahead with the this tea. Doesn't, this, the, the way that you measure it doesn't get around the problem of like of the slippery slope argument, where you're just um, once you you just go for the next lowest thing. And does well, that well, that's okay. Yeah, but I no, but it gives you a means. It gives you a it means you a to, to to enforce a kind of yeah. a, a, a cutoff yeah. to say we okay, we know this is a sliding scale, but here's our cutoff, and we will only allow you to bring things in if they're below that that level. Mm. Um, yeah, so I um, so I. I think I would I would say that cakes uh, cakes would be uh, I think the problem is cakes are probably skirting where a reasonable level would be. Mm. Like you might say, what if I made a cake that was um, you know uh, had um, had uh, cocaine and uh, <laughs> you know um, and a tobacco beer, a beer cake sprinkled <laughs> with, a, with a cocaine yeah. icing. Like I mean, if you worked That's for in, after work, That's you know, well, it's like you alcohol, like bringing in alcohol yeah. to an office yeah. and leaving a can of beer there, which anyone can grab and you happen to know that you work with a couple of alcoholics, you know, who are recovering. Mm. Probably seems a bit irresponsible. I'd say that would come above, you know, the temptability is high. But anyway, there's also, so the point is this fairness issue, which we haven't discussed, which mm. of course is that some people can just have one cake. Mm. And that actually, those those people will probably jog home. 
yeah. or go to the gym after work yeah. and then make themselves some broccoli and a grilled yeah, chicken. Yeah, it's shame Chris Ragg's not here, but he's probably off jogging somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to yeah. be tempted by a cake. No. But, the, but I'm, I'm thinking of the people who are in the sweet spot of, of, of being tempted just as the right amount for how pleasurable it is. Mm. So, because I, th I think that what we're, the, the, going back to what is the fundamental problem here about this mismatch between the kind of now decision maker versus the future decision maker who, mm. who actually cares, has to deal with the consequences, is, is if, you, if you could take the view from nowhere, if you could take the view on behalf of all of those decision makers, all of, all of you stretched out over time, then you would price it properly and you'd go, well, this cake, one cake, that's going to that's gonna be a half an hour jog. All right, mm. 10 cakes. No, that's too much. I'm mm. not willing. That's not worth what I have to do to kind of undo the damage. Mm. Um, and you'd be able to price it properly. See, now my, my problem is that intrinsically, I, me now, present guy, has just way too much, puts way too much value mm. on, on, you know, the not in my case cakes, but let's say cakes. I, I could happily yeah. eat 10 cakes or a whole pizza. I could happily eat an entire pizza. Knowing full well that if I was planning how much pizza I wanted tomorrow, I'd choose at most half I've, a pizza. I've got another idea. And if then. tomorrow me was making a choice about how much pizza I should have eaten, yeah. he would say yeah. three slices. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I, if, if I, but if I could take, if I could take a view that balanced all of those different people, mm. then I would make, I'd eat the right amount of pizza and present me, the guy in charge would be making precisely the decisions that he ought to be making. So I suppose what I'm saying is the things that score highly on this are probably the ones where that mismatch is most significant. The Correct. mismatch yeah. between present goodness and future consequences. Yeah, yeah. I think, you, yeah, yeah, that's it. Sounds good. Yeah, Peter. I've got a solution. Right. Yeah. Go. You're allowed to bring cakes in. Right. But you have to announce that you're bringing cakes in at least a day beforehand. Oh, yeah. And people are allowed to book whether or not they want a piece book of cake. Book the cake. Perfect. So, so cakes, at that point, the person saying, I want a piece of cake, to them, the cake is an abstract concept. It's not there. They can't see it. They can't smell it. Yeah, they're making a sensible they're decision a sensible about the future decision. self. And you yeah. could empower them and say, I'm going to bring a cake in tomorrow. I'm going to bring in a cake tomorrow. Would anyone like this a slice? This is a disaster. By the idea. way, each slice is equivalent to about half an hour's run. So they yeah. can make a rational choice about this abstract cake and you concept. could actually get the run out of the way in the morning yeah. hold on grab yeah. your cake i would be okay with this yeah. as long as under certain conditions first of all the cake is not consumed in 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 sort of public view within the office one okay yeah two so we'll it's have, not allowed we'll to set up cake booths yeah for eating <laughs> cake. yeah and it's not allowed to be eaten all at once so it can't be that like half the office suddenly disappears and even if we can't see where so we're going, we time, know. You book a slot and that's all deconflicted. Yeah, something like that. Or it's a tech-enabled cake solution. It's, yeah. it's a bureaucratic nightmare. Yeah, but, so you've um, got an app called Cakely, which does all this <laughs> for you. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'd be willing to trial that in my, yeah. in you know, within my office already well, the, I, with, uh, well, I have those rules that see, I, I think set this out. is a category of well I mean it's the same problem really but just uh, which is um, this problem of sort of intertemporal commitments where you're able to make a commitment about something in the future and how that might get enforced is a bit problematic the classic example from uh, you know the uh, sort of mythology is Ulysses and the Sirens mm. in that Ulysses knew he wanted to hear the beautiful music of the Sirens but he knew that were he to do so he would be tempted to um, to jump off uh, the ship and swim to his death, right? Oh. So he he commanded his crew to tie him to the mast, um, and and they all had to put wax in their ears so they couldn't hear the song of the sirens. And then that way, he even though and he said to them, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you to untie me, but you mustn't, oh. right? So this this 
that is a good example of a sort of binding future commitment. You're preventing yourself from being able Literally. to do something. Yeah. Um, now, in this context, uh, what I, and I very much along the lines of Peter's solution, but even more economicy, is that you're effectively uh, you you would price in your current behavior, your future behavior by sort of effect. Well, it's more or less the same, but uh, you'd price you'd price it so that you'd be buying and selling experiences to to your future self. I haven't worked out how that's going to work, but the point <laughs> is that you're never allowed to do anything. You're oh. only allowed to buy the opportunity for your future self to do stuff. Mm. So cake right. futures. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically you you. I thought you need a wild card allocation. Your future, you're but... futurizing everything, right? Yeah. So if I want a pizza, uh, I'm I I don't get to eat it. Me in three days' time gets to eat it, right? Mm. And and in three days' time. Well, I'll be going, well, where's the rest of my pizza? But no, because you, I can't. I literally can't do that. I have to be. So, so I'm saying the solution is that basically your, your ability to, to um, consume things has to, be, has to have a, a significant enough lag that you no longer consider it something happening to you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's Peter's, Peter's example, I think, is a special case of that. But yeah. I, I think that's hmm. basically all of the world's problems solved. How does it work? How do we actually get it to happen? I've got no idea. Yeah. Well, look, two things. No, that. nor do I. But I'm a little bit worried, actually, in the office. I can I can see problems, right, with the non-cake eaters um, who just never eat it at all. Going well, this lot are either they're having fun or I'm just not. I'm just a bit excluded from this. Um, and two, um, they're spending too much time in this whole cake business. Yeah, I we've devoted too many resources. We've, we've, we've devoted this entire bureaucratic division to yeah. managing cake coming into the office. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm a bit yeah, worried about that. It's side compensated of for by the fact that everyone is happier and healthier, and they still get to eat cakes if that's what they, in inverted commas, really want. Yeah. But uh, you know, but it's it's stopping them eating too much because their monkey brain is in control. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, second thing, I'm slightly um, um, disheartened when we've cited here Adam and Eve. Mm. Um, we've cited um, uh, Ulysses. Um, they were around quite a long time ago, right? Mm. Um, and I can't help but feel a thousand years from now, the, there might be whatever the thousand year from now equivalent of a podcast is, that there might be people discussing this same thing um, mm. about cake and temptation. And I can't help but feel this will always be in, 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 an issue. Um, well, I, in a way, I think a lot of the great problems, I mean, we've talked about how fundamental this is, this problem, this conflict between you and your consequences. Mm. Um I, I, it, but would life be too boring without it? I mean, you know, actually, is there something to be said for giving into temptation? And and in fact, by bringing exactly. the cake... See, I mean, so from a purely, really strictly kind of economic mm. perspective, you would say um, that the concept of there being two yous fighting it out or whatever just doesn't really make much sense. You're one thing and you choose to do things. And at the point that you're eating that cake, that's what you wanted. You mm -hmm. are better off as a result yeah. of eating that cake right now uh, than than not eating the cake, and you're you're fooling yourself. Tomorrow, yeah, you might wish that you uh, weren't you hadn't eaten the cake, but that's because tomorrow you, the selfish bastard, he's not actually enjoying the cake, and he exactly. wants you to stop having your fun and enjoying yeah, your cake. No fun. Yeah. yeah, so he's so like the point is that <laughs> I've yes, got an idea. future you is dealing with figured it out. I figured it out. Well, yeah. Figured it out. Right. So you actually work in two offices, yeah. right? 
um, and you alternate week by week or even day by day. Right. Okay. One office is the, you know, where there are so, some rules, whatever they may or may not be, how they're applied, there are rules, okay, that, um, you know, curb your behavior. The other office is, you know, the fun where, office. Yeah, the fun office where you can smoke, you can drink, take cocaine, you can do whatever you want, go for it, okay? And quite simply, you alternate week by week. Boom, right. That's it, right? Yeah. Everyone's, like, your two sides are evenly. I can see happy. that working. Yeah. My yeah. solution is simpler. Basically, you eat cake all the time, right? Like, constantly, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, but just tiny mo amounts of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think there's evidence. So a crumb, that that's, a that, crumb that, every minute. Yeah, the day, there is actually day. a diet, isn't there? But I think it's called like the fingernail diet, where you every <laughs> every every minute you eat something the size of your fingernail or something like okay. that. Um, but but yeah, I think the the yeah the problem there is that you wouldn't ever get the pleasure. Mm. But I wonder if reducing it, it has a similar effect to my idea of kind of trying to pump things into the future because you are just not you're never able to be tempted because all you've got is another crumb. Mm. Mm. I mean, it doesn't sound great. No, yeah, well, exactly. so occasionally you might get a slightly chocolatey. Yeah, chocolate you get a choc chip. Well, on, chocolate on that chip. note, actually, just to round us off, I've got a question: Are Go you a cake it. person? And if so, what's your cake? Go for it. Um, anybody? I, I'll kick us off. Actually, yeah. I'm actually not much of a cake person. I'm more your crisps and peanuts. And yeah. Don't get me wrong. If there's cake about, I'll have it. Yeah, sure. Um, but um, which actually, so I really would be helped by these rules because mm. I'm actually not that into. I'm not going to actively go out and seek cake. Yeah. But if there's cake there, I will have it. Uh, Favorite cake? Um, I like. I quite like carrot cake, actually. I really oh. like carrot cake, um, which well, is that, nicer mm. than it sounds. I think carrot cake. Yeah, I, um, I only like I only like cake. one cake. Yeah, what I say. So Nick. Well, the good. So you're not really a cake in guy. the cake. Well. I, I mean, I will, I, I like you, I, I will eat other cakes. I just don't, I would never be motivated to go out of my way to have one, mm. right? But there's one cake that I do enjoy, and the it's a blessing, really. It's not the kind of cake anyone ever brings in the office. Is it a wedding you can't cake eat it with your fingers. No, it's a cheesecake. Mm. Yes. And I love, cheesecake is the only cake I really get excited about. It's not um, really a cake, though, is it? Well, so, yeah. okay, well, I mean, but, but, I, I, I love yeah. cheesecake. But the point is you have to eat it with a plate and a knife and fork, really. So the, yeah. that's, that's good because nobody ever brings in a cheesecake they've made and people help themselves. It just it doesn't no, work like that. Exactly. So. Unless it's a baked cheesecake. You well, you, yes, which I do love. I love a good yeah. uh, baked cheesecake. Yeah. Uh, Peter? Yeah, I, I'm, no, I, I don't actively seek cake. I'm, th I'm thinking. I'm thinking if 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 I put if I went to a national trust kind of cafe, and there's cake, I'll have it. Right. But if there's cake and sandwiches, I'll probably go for a sandwich. I'll always the sandwiches. Yeah. 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 And actually, just to finish this off. Um, top temptation in terms of food, uh, right. for me, it's got to be either dry roast peanuts or or bacon fries. I think they're called. Really? Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Pizza. Um, pizza. Can't, I can't you. stop eating pizza until yeah. the pizza's gone. Yeah, there's no there's no natural point at which no. you've had enough pizza. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick? Uh, yeah, I, I would have put pizza's top, actually. I think, in fact, I would find it... I, well, there is actually interesting... I'm, I'm, this is something I'm interested in, obviously, diet as someone who's, in inverted commas, struggled with their weight. Mm. Um, uh, I, uh, I, you know, we look into the uh, evidence about the things that people eat. Yeah, pizza is is right up there. It's got just about everything you want. Yeah. It's the fat and the salt and the sugar and nice. the you know carbs. Um, 
But the things that people actually binge on mm. are are carbs, which is odd because you actually you think the things you're really tempted by, what you really want is sort of, you know, is sugar and yeah, fat sugar and, and stuff. stuff. But yeah. actually, like the things that people sit down and just mindlessly eat forever are the things carbs. like crisps oh, okay, and peanuts. Yeah. And, oh, okay. uh, and uh, but also like, yeah, chips. Like peanuts chips. are fat. Yeah. So I'd say probably, yeah, well, that's that, that's true. But uh, I'd, I'd say chips probably. Yeah. Like to the problem with chips, they're yeah, a bit I, like pizza. Is that you, I just... Yeah. They're there I, and I'm not going to stop eating them I, to the bowl. Chip, I, I'm on the chip in the chips camp as well. The 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 best part of any meal, which is something in chips, is always the chips. Yeah. Well, see, opinion. see, the trouble is that now I discovered really one of my tricks is to eat what I was going to eat anyway, but just don't have the rice or don't have the fries because uh, you really don't miss out. You while they're there, you are definitely going to eat them. But mm. if they're not there, if you take out the bread or the chips or the whatever, you get ninety percent of the fun, but without loads and loads of extra. Uh, extra calories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I just, which I think is interesting because you don't, you don't think of being really tempted by carbs, and yet mm. they are actually the thing you can kind of more or less eat forever. Yeah, that's all I can think about right now. Right. Yeah. Okay, we better stop and yeah. go down the chip shop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. That was lovely. Um, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye. Mm.